Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're taking the rest of the week off to be with our friends and family, but we didn't want to leave you without your fix of CityCast Denver this morning. So please enjoy this rerun of one of our favorite episodes of the year. It's about something I never get tired of talking about, Denver-style Mexican food. This is a longer edit of the original interview, so if you've already heard this one, there's something new for you this time. We'll be back on Monday, November 29th with more news from around the city. Today on CityCast Denver, do not listen to this episode on an empty stomach. And that molten cheese, and then it just goos up with the green chili, wash it down with a beer. You cannot beat it. We're talking about the precarious future of Denver's unique style of Mexican food with two of its biggest fans, who just so happen to be old friends. Patty, they appall everyone in the United States who's ever had a chile relleno. They're like, wait, wait, what do you mean there's a wonton wrapper around a chili? Today is Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is Denmex Uncensored. For a brief moment in the mid-2000s, I found myself living in New York City. New York has just about everything you could ever want, minus privacy and affordable space. Oh, and Mexican food. Or as I quickly learned, the city was just missing what I know to be Mexican food. Ever since I moved back home, my New York friends will come and visit. And when they say they want to do something Denver-y, I take them out for Mexican food. Denver-style Mexican food. And without fail, it blows their minds. They're like, what is this? And what I would tell folks is like, don't be ashamed that no one else in the United States eats like you. Be proud that you're part of this diaspora of, of, of regional Mexican styles. El Pueblo History Museum recently invited Gustavo Ariano to give a talk on Colorado-style Mexican food. My editor at Westward, Patty Calhoun, was mixing it up in the chat, so I thought, what a better way to talk about one of my favorite things about the city than to get them together. If you're not familiar already, Gustavo is the author of Taco USA, How Mexican Food Conquered America, which makes him the authority on regional Mexican-American cuisine. And Patty, she's the biggest Denmex fan I know. She's also co-founder and editor of Westward, where she ran Gustavo's Ask a Mexican column until he stopped writing it. So we're talking about Denver Mexican food, and recently I put out a call on Twitter asking folks what their favorite Denver-style Mexican place was, and I realized by the answers I got that there's a lot of confusion around what Denver Mexican food is, not just Mexican food in Denver. And so, um, Gustavo, I probably would start with you. How, how can we define what Denmex is? You define it first and foremost by its base on chili. And uh, folks in Denver, of course, know what chili is, but I do have to explain it to the rest of the United States. It's not 
chile con carne or chili with an I. It's not chile, just the pepper itself, but it's really going to be this sort of great, like based on the green chili of New Mexico and also Pueblo, but turned into a gravy of sorts that then becomes a basis for combo platters, a basis to uh, smother on your burritos, a basis to uh, smother on your tamales. That's 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 where Den Mex comes from. That's what also ties it to its, uh, you know, its older parents or older uh, uncles or aunts, if you will, New Mexican style cuisine. But from there, I think the, the way you're going to define Den Mex cuisine is going to be on the dishes, the unique dishes that are ostensibly Mexican Mexican, but really unique just to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the crispy wonton wrapped Rieno, which until I watched your talk, had no idea that was not how Rienos were made. And, and, and this is the thing. And, and this is one of the things that I found out in my book and that I love to expose to folks. Wherever you grow up in the United States, you're going to have your style of Mexican food. Right. And you're also going to think that your style of Mexican food is a style of Mexican food that everyone in the world eats. And it's not just an American thing. And what I would tell folks is like, don't be ashamed that no one else in the United States eats like you. Be proud that you're part of this diaspora of, of, of regional Mexican style. <laughs> and so, Patty, when we talk about Denver Mexican food in the city itself, what restaurants are we talking about? Well, one of the classics, uh, which Gustavo has been to, is La Fiesta, which started in the 60s in an old Safeway in what was then a not great part of town. And they invented, as far as I can tell, the wonton-wrapped chili relleno that is such a shock to people who find it. But they also smother it in this incredibly hot green chili. Very hot right now. was just there yesterday. And you <laughs> love it that a family has owned it for more than 50 years, this converted Safeway that's been a nightclub. But that the Supreme Court goes there. Cops go there. Everyone goes to La Fiesta. Yeah, so La Fiesta is really the pinnacle to you of... Denver, Denver cuisine. I would say that and Chubby's right now for Denmax. Yeah. And Gustavo, you wrote about that. I, I believe you gave Chubby's uh, Mexican hamburger the best, the best Mexican entree in this the country? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. Because to me, it tells you the story of Mexican food in the United States, a food of working class folks, a food of history, a food of also transformation. Everything else, Mexico changes. So, the you know, the, the and of course, the story, the story of Mexican food is also the story of the people who make it. So the Cordova family, specifically Stella Cordova, the matriarch of this brawling uh, family of folks with all these, uh, you know, the original chubby and then just, you know, all the fake chubby. Chubbies. And yes. then also, uh, you know, the, the story of success, because, uh, you know, when I when Patty first uh, took me to Chubby's, they were giving you the food on um, plastic uh, plates that you would staple around so the chili wouldn't um, spill over. And it was a small little spot right next to this Italian market. Now it's its own complex in a gentrifying neighborhood. And on top of all that, the Mexican hamburger, my fucking God. It is an amazing dish that it, it like it takes a smothered burrito concept of New Mexico and just, you know, puts it to that next level to use really cliched language. And one of the fun things about it is it wasn't invented at Chubby's, even though Chubby's started out as a hamburger drive in. Really? And then Stella took it over when she'd been a waitress there. But it started out at Joe's Buffett on um, Santa Fe Drive. And it's just legendary. Some waitress invented it once in the late 60s and Joe's is gone, but the legend lives on. And speaking of that legend, Patty, um, and Gustavo mentioned this, the sort of complex that Chubby's inhabits now that in a very 
quickly in the process of gentrification neighborhood. Why do you think Chubby sustains in that location? I would assume that I would hope that they own the property. So that always helps out. Patty would know more than me on that part. But um, it's just great food. And, 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 and But this is what I've been trying to tell people about Denmex is like the people who live there, they know what the food is. They'll go there. The danger is that Denver has grown so much. I've been going to Denver now, uh, you know, before the pandemic, I, I would somehow pop in there at least once a year. So I've seen it as, you know, as an outsider, I've seen it change dramatically in the past 15 years and if you have all these outsiders and they don't know what the hell denmex food is they're not going to like it and so that's where the that's why i would say that denmex food is more endangered i would argue than most of the other regional mexican uh, cuisines in the united states well and one of the interesting things is these families that started these restaurants early on tried to buy property if they could so the Herrera family that owns La Fiesta, they bought that Safeway property. And the father who passed away just last year went on to buy a lot of other property in the neighborhood. Um, I, I believe Chubby's that the Herrera family owns that property too. And early on, you just start saving your pennies and putting it towards property that maybe wasn't that valuable at the time. Also Rosalinda's, uh, which we miss, which closed a few years ago, but that family also saved their money, bought that incredibly valuable property, which they still own on 33rd in um, the Lohi neighborhood. So that's one of the reasons they're able to control their destiny a little more than many, many other restaurants. So Gustavo, you've written about this thing called the Chili Highway. Can you explain what it is and how Denmex fits in? So Denver, Denmex cuisine originates from New Mexico. And New Mexican cuisine, of course, is this beautiful foodways that combine Spanish traditions, Mexican traditions, and native traditions. Again, the primacy of the of the meal, uh, the primacy of the meals is going to be on the chili, on the green chili or the red chili, the hatch chili or all sorts of, you know, um different uh debates about which one's better or what not. Right. But uh, you know, so New Mexico style cuisine has been around since really the late 1500s with uh, Oñate, the conquistadors and all that. That starts to change as the Manitos, the 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 Hispanos of, of of New Mexico, northern New Mexico, start spilling into Colorado. So we're talking about the 1810s, going into Pueblo first, eventually going up to Denver, and having this very unique culture, this very you know a unique style of Mexican Americans that isn't really uh, the only real migration at the time is coming from northern Mexico, going through uh, El Paso, Chihuahua, Coahuila, coming up and adding on to those traditions. So Denmex cuisine then really starts uh, uh, solidifying, if you will, starting in the 50s, starting in the 60s. People also forget restaurants were not really that common. Although Denver, I think, was different because it was like you know such a crazy awesome town. <laughs> but that's the, the, those cuisines, like the, the chili wonton burrito and the Mexican hamburger and all that, starts slowly developing. But it, you owe it owes its legacy or its DNA to New Mexico. Uh, all all of Colorado Mexican cuisine is like Pueblo Mex. That's a whole other different thing. But with Denmex, you know, goes back to New Mexico. And and the restaurant, by the way, uh, that I was thinking about, it is called because I, I looked it up, Señor Burritos. And Gustavo, you talked, you framed it so well. the The relationship between New Mexico and Colorado food is more like cousins. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about that? Again, there it's literally you're related because the 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 Chicanos who populated 
Colorado, this didn't happen until the early 1800s, late 1700s, and those people were coming from New Mexico, people who had been in New Mexico at that point for almost 200 years. So that is in the DNA. Like, And as you start coming up, and there's always been that connection, you know, starting off in Pueblo, then going up to Denver, but really spreading across southern Colorado, the San Luis Valley, the Arkansas River Valley, and all that. Those are those families trace their lineage. A lot of them trace their lineage back to New Mexico. So th this is what, you know, Patty says it's a fun rivalry. You even say it's been heated. Oh, man, I just see it as so demeaning. New Mexicans despise Pueblo. It's like, how dare you? It's I, I think I said this during my lecture for the Pueblo Historical uh, Museum where I said it's like they're bullies. They, they are the older cousins <laughs> who are just going to bully the poor nerd, not, not even the nerdier cousins, just a cousin who has a little bit more talent. And I'm on record as saying Pueblo Chili, that when well, we're talking just about the pepper, we're not talking about the preparation. And I agree with Patty, the New Mexico style chili is going to be more like a stew, more like a sauce. It's absolutely amazing. And Denver, it comes to a different level. I'm not going to compare both of those just because they're two different things. But if you're just going to go to the chili the pueblo chili is a better chili than the new mexico chili but or rather than the hatch chili but that said you could go into some deep parts of new mexico and you're gonna have something even better than that like the lemitar chili the chimayo chili but pueblo chili is amazing but the problem with new mexico is like oh those colorado backwards cousins how dare they even do this and so talk all this trash or you know really shit on them it's like come on i'm the outsider i'm the peacemaker give them their you know give them their shine you do give us our shine. I appreciate that because <laughs> we generally lose, I think, in that conversation since we're the we're the newer cousins to that. The younger cousins. Yeah. The but, you know, and, and and at least and people say like, oh, how do you know what's better? I'm like, dudes, I'm the one who fucking wrote the book on Mexican food in the United States. <laughs> I've eaten chili from Hatch, New Mexico during their chili festival up to Lemitar and Chimayo, gone off to Pueblo. I need to explore more on Pueblo, but that's a whole other story. But just even the little that I know from Pueblo and remembering that flavor it's just like, wow, this is a completely different, completely different thing, but related at the end, related. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to learn from your talk that fideo is not something that's on uh, a lot of menus. I grew up actually going to La, uh, La Estrella, which is a Rexton restaurant in a small town here called Brighton. And fideo was always what I got. And I didn't realize till I heard you talk, I was like, oh, this isn't something that's, that's on other menus. Well, what, what's interesting, I first found out about that when I was in Pueblo. I went to an amazing uh, neighborhood bar called Bolitos Beer Barrel. Awesome chicken tacos on white, great uh, cheap drinks. And right in the middle of a neighborhood, like near, near the near the former mills there. And then I see, like, I get my combo plate, and I have it's Fidel, uh, you know, vermicelli noodles, kind of prepared with a tomato sauce, but not really spaghetti. Usually served as a soup, by the way. I grew up eating oh, Fidel as a soup, and now it's here side. as a side. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then that's when I noticed going up to Denver, going up to like the other, like around Brighton and whatnot, that Fidel was on the menu a lot, and like. This is interesting. So fideo is very much a Mexican dish, but I think in terms of a side, like I would, I mean, you'd have to talk more to the historians, but I, the, I attribute it to the fact, especially in Pueblo and also in Colorado, there's always been that big Italian community across yes. Colorado who loves their pastas and hey, Mexicans love pasta and Mexican and Italians together. You're going to have that cross cultural uh seeding of your food so it makes sense then that you're going to have uh, some pasta instead of some rice or you know some uh, vermicelli noodles some fidel instead of some rice on your mexican combo plate you know and, and going back to la fiesta patty i know you have an entree on the menu 
How did you, how did that happen? (laughs) I believe it was just intense patronage of the place, but it was really funny. I didn't even realize it was coming on until one day I looked and then I was at a party one night and a man came up to me and said, God damn it, you're number seven and I'm only number eight. And I had no idea what he was talking about, but he was number eight. He turns out to be the Lawson special on the La Fiesta menu. And can you, can you tell us what your dish is? I don't order it as much as I used to because I'm getting more creative, but it is the uh, chili relleno, one, smothered in green, a chicken enchilada smothered in green, rice and beans, and although it's not officially part of it, a couple beers on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. they, they, they need a, come on, a, a Calhoun special is not a Calhoun special without some beer. That's ridiculous. It's not part of it, you know, just add it on. Do they have Corona there, Patty? Oh, do they? That place has been my home away from home during the pandemic. Number one, very easy to socially distance. I saw you there, Bree. And two, you know, you can just go sit there, feel like you're part of the family, feel like you're actually in a city that exists during this strange being on hold time. So to to maybe wrap this up, I would love to hear from both of you. I know what could be considered the best or the best representation of Denver Mexican food, but what is your what is your personal favorite item or entree that represents Denver Mexican food? I have to say, right now it's also tough because it's hard to tell who's going to be coming out of this, how and what food will be there. But certainly, as I said, through this pandemic, La Fiesta's green chili smothering one of those chili rellenos, which are so, they would just so appall everyone in New Mexico. You can't help but love that. It is a celebration of the Denver version. Patty, they appall everyone in the United States who's ever had a chile relleno. They're like, wait, wait, what do you mean there's a wonton wrapper around a chili? Right, and that molten cheese, and then it just goos up with the green chili, wash it down with a beer. You cannot beat it. Yeah, I, I as much as I love Chubby's, and I think... As a singularity, still the Mexican hamburger is the best uh, Mexican dish in the United States. I will always stand by that. But you're talking about representation. And so I have to go. You have to have your lunchtime special at La Fiesta or even Friday night dinner. And you get one of those combo plates. And you're going to have to get as much green chili as possible. You're going to have to get the wonton uh, chile relleno, just one. You get your smothered burrito as well because you need that smothered burrito as well. (laughs) I like enchiladas as well. So you put that enchilada there on the side as well. All you would need, geez, and, you know... And you would, I would probably then get it with a side of carne adobada because carne adobada, even though it's a New Mexico thing, it still spreads up to Colorado as well. So there you go. You have your Denmex cuisine all on this wonderful combo platter in this amazing restaurant, which, by the way, I, I think the, 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 the mascot, if you will, of Denmex cuisine is that old school poster with the Christmas lights around that, yes. with that beautiful woman. The beautiful woman. Oh, man, it's like it's not really politically correct nowadays, but who the hell cares when you see beauty like that? That to me is a representation of that. And I, it's history. And here's my advice. Next snowstorm. Be sure you pick up a pint to go of green chili from La Fiesta, which I did on Friday. If you can't eat it all, it'll melt the snow. <laughs> <laughs> and you could use it on everything. Eggs, tortillas, what whatever you want. It's well, it's the it's the manna of Colorado. It really is, and it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. This is such a great conversation. 
Um, I personally, I got, I had my wedding reception at La Fiesta. Whoa, that's I loved, freaking old it was, school right there. It was great. They they opened their restaurant for the first time in 20 years on a Saturday night just for us. So much love to, to La Fiesta. Hey, Denver. Producer Xander McMahon here. I've got some important Denver news that is almost certainly going to affect your holiday plans. Mayor Michael Hancock announced yesterday a vax or mask mandate. Starting today, most businesses will have to require masks indoors. There's also the option for businesses to require proof of vaccination if they want to get out of the mandate. But if that's the case, then only people who are vaxxed can enter. It's an either or type situation. Again, let me be clear. We're not here today because of what we've done in Denver and the region hasn't worked. Quite the opposite. If other communities in Colorado and around the country took the affirmative steps we have taken around vaccines, the pandemic would be under control. But we will do what needs to be done to ensure that we get through the next 45 days without having a break in our hospital capacity, a break the state and the governor have made clear could risk lives. So if you've got to step out and grab just one last sweet potato or six-pack, remember to grab your Vax card or a mask and use it. And if you are vaccinated, don't forget to get your booster shot. They're now available to everyone over the age of 18, six months after your last dose of a two-shot vaccine, and two months after your J&J vaccine. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. See you next Monday. Today is Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Uncensored. <laughs> Shit. Denmex Uncensored reminds me of all the weird stuff I watched on cable as a kid that I probably wasn't supposed to be watching. <laughs> there used to be a show called Up All Night. There was a show called <laughs> Silk Stockings. <laughs> I know. It was a wild world on cable in the late 80s, early 90s. Let me try that one more time.